Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Writer's Advice. Now, before I introduce this week's guest, I have just a couple little things, a couple little, little exciting things to update you on. So the first one is the Writer's Advice membership, and this is through Patreon. So you can become a Writer's Advice member from as little as I think it ends up being about $1.30 a week and that way you get all the episodes in advance but you also get to know what authors are coming up and you can also add in little questions on the Writer's Advice um, Patreon as well for any questions that you particularly want to ask those authors. We've also got a book club option. So if you want to receive a book every eight weeks and you're more than welcome to join our book club, it's so much fun. And then we've also got another option where you also get to have a private conversation and join our private chat with the author of the book that you receive. So, so many exciting options to get involved and um, meet some new authors, read some new books, or just become a part of our private club and get all the episodes in advance. That is there. You can just head to my website, oliviahillia.com, to follow the link there. And I have put that in the show notes. But something else that I'm very, very, very excited to tell you all is my first book is officially out on the 29th of July. And this is called Have We Met Before? So think romance. If you are a lover of romance, if you are a lover of Coco Miller's Cleopatra and Frankenstein, if you like something a little bit spicy, if you are a lover of Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, that kind of vibe, then this is the book for you that I highly, highly recommend. Um, If you want to check out more of what Have We Met Before is about, then you can head to my um, Instagram page and there is a link there on how to get the first two pages for free so you can have a little bit of a little bit of an insight if it's something that you might be interested in or I'll also put it in the link of this show notes as well um, for have we met before I am going to also be doing a podcast episode on the 29th to celebrate the launch so if you have any questions at all about my process of writing or how this book came to be, any other questions that we asked during the writer's advice um, episodes or anything particular that you want to know about the book, then please send them through to me. You can do this by um, filling out the contact form at oliviahillia.com or you can also just DM me on Instagram at oliviahilliaauthor. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your questions. And without further ado, Please welcome this week's episode, uh, this week's episode, this week's episode, but this week's guest. Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited because this week on the podcast, we have John Tezarch. I'm so sorry. I pronounced that wrong again, didn't I? How do I say your last name? I'm so sorry. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Absolute pleasure, Olivia. Thanks for having me. Now, you are in 
absolute just debut week of your fourth book, When Jokers Were Kings. I want to go back to the start, though. So you've been writing for a while and I want to, the question that I like to start with is when did you first know that you were a writer? Well, that's a, a bit more of a tricky question for me than for others because my journey to writing came about in a very roundabout way. So just to unpack it, I started off life as a musician. I was a cellist and I was living in Vienna, um, studying, living the dream, imagining that I would be a musician, not even contemplating that I wouldn't be a musician. And then I developed an allergy to cello rosin, which at the age of 22 caused me to give up the career that I loved. So at the age of 22, I came back to Australia. I had to find a different career. So you're going to think now I'm going to say, well, I turned to writing. Well, no, I didn't. I uh, finished off a law degree and I became a solicitor and then a barrister. And life was great once again. And I um, was very happily following my new path until uh, one day when I was 31, I noticed a lump on my tongue, which to cut a long story short, turned out to be tongue cancer. So I had to stop being a barrister as well. And because uh, I couldn't talk, I needed surgery and therapy. I couldn't talk for months. And it was at about that time that I turned to writing and discovered for myself the joy of um, writing and finding thoughts and communicating on paper. In fact, at that time, I've still kept notebooks of where all my conversations with people were in writing. And, in fact, the book which is being released now, the first draft of that dates back to that very period, but that, that's another story. So that's the long version of how I came to be a writer. There's a short version as well um, that possibly it was always going to happen because I remember when I was a teenager, I was watching one of those Hollywood blockbuster movies. I think it was called The Egyptian. And it was a story of two boys growing up in ancient Egypt who were childhood friends and fell out in later life. And one became Pharaoh and the other ended up in some mud hut in the desert writing manuscripts on parchment. And somehow I figured I wanted to be the guy in the mud hut and not Pharaoh. So there you go. <laughs> I reckon it was always going to happen. I just had to find my path to it in a very roundabout sort of a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I find with writing, it, it is something like that. It's we, There are little stories with everyone when they're young of like, oh, maybe I was going to go and do this here, but it's, it's never, well, I don't want to say never, but it's unlikely that it's just a linear path for people. So I think that's a, yeah. that's a really, really beautiful story. So When Jokers Were Kings was your first manuscript, is that right? Well, yes, it was my first serious attempt at a manuscript. I'd written something else before, which was complete nonsense, really. But um, it was a story which I um, came up with. I, 
I'm not sure whether now is the time, but it was a, a story which I came up with um, really when I was a student in Vienna. So um, I, when I was living there as a student, mysteriously one evening, some billboards appeared in my local neighbourhood of this self-professed world-famous Elvis impersonator who was coming to town to deliver a show for one night only in this cheap little bar called Leo's just around the corner from where I lived. So together with a dear friend of mine, Bart, uh, an American who we were playing in a band together with at the time, we went to Leo's to see what this world-famous world champion impersonator had to offer. And it was a pretty miserable sight because when we arrived, there were about five people there and there was a sausage dog as well in the audience and that was it apart from us. And then there was this Elvis impersonator in all his full attire. But the thing was he was great and he was singing his heart out. And he was singing his heart out to the extent that there were actually tears in his eyes when he was singing the love songs. He was so emotionally attached. And at that moment, I thought, wow, what was it that made this guy burst into tears singing these Elvis songs? What's his backstory? What, what brought him to this position? So that was the inciting moment, really, for me, where... I thought, well, what a great story that would be, what brought this guy to this point. And then I didn't think anything more of it until I got sick and I was sitting around at home and I thought, well, wow, what if this guy, what's his backstory, how did he come to be in this position? And from that came... The story, which is now my fourth novel, Green Jokers, but Ting, Tings. So, um, but the thing is that the, the wonderful thing about fiction is that I've invented a new character, a new backstory, but that was the inciting incident which made me think, what if this would happen? So, as it turns out, the book that I've written now is about a downtrodden male clerk in a bank who is pushed by his mate into singing an Elvis song at a, an office karaoke party, but he's instantly a star. Everyone thinks he's amazing. Anyway, he falls in love with a, a secretary at work who's a, an Indian lady who moonlights on the side as a Michael Jackson impersonator, and they go together on a tour of country Victoria and everything's going well until they get caught in the crosshairs of a Ned Kelly impersonator who's furious at the Americanisation of Australia. So you can sort of see from there, it's all there from that bar in Leo's, except, I don't know, it just went off in a very different direction. <laughs> I love that. You're obviously very, um, would you say that's how you get your inspiration? It's, it's through people and through life and, and you're very character driven. Would you say that? Yeah, I reckon so. I was I was uh, reflecting on that recently because I suppose there's some writers who are plot driven, as others who are character driven, and I think um, 
but my stories generally um, start off with finding a character in a situation and then I ask myself the question, what if? So, for instance, and this is not a novel I've written, but what if so-and-so finds themselves? What then would happen? And generally, if I have a sufficiently clear backstory for that particular character. I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard the whole what if. And it's so great because a lot of the times when you go to, if you're submitting or you go to write a synopsis of something, having that first sentence there is of like, what if, da-da-da, or such and such meets such and such. That's your story. And that's what you can start with and, and build off from there. So to think of that before you even come up with the idea is a, a really, really great thing, I think. And I, I almost visual rainbow in some respects, like the plot sort of emerges from that situation and it sort of carries the, the whole narrative arc carries me forward to the end. So I relatively quickly knew where the story for this book was going to go once I had discovered the, the situation in which that character finds himself. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. And I'm, I'm so intrigued of this was your first draft 20 years ago. Now, yeah. in, now this is coming out, but in the meantime, you've written and published three other books. So what, were, what was the journey from writing your first draft to, to where you're at now? Well, um, I was very much an outsider as a writer, so I, I hadn't been to any writing classes or courses and I was very much self-taught. And as a result of that, it took me quite a, a lot of time to make a lot of mistakes and learn the craft. So, in fact, I wrote three novels which were unpublished. Um, and um, that was fine because I was learning and feeling my way as I, as I went. And it was only with my fourth novel that I found a, a publisher. Um, but I think that was probably good for me because um, I think I learned a lot along the way and I wasn't quite ready for publication back at the start. So this was one of those early drafts and I mean I showed it to some friends in a book group and everyone thought it was a really fun idea but I knew that it wasn't really quite right um, and I put it back in my drawer and I left it there for 20 years until um, but it was one of those ideas which I just couldn't let it it just wouldn't let me go and that's generally how I find that I end up with a novel that it's, it's an idea I just can't get out of my head and it has to be written. And so, look, it's very different from my other books because I've written three quite um, heavy, heavy literary novels, I think I could say, and this is a, this is a comedy. Uh, it's my first comedy um, and it's a very different type of writing. But I actually felt like I needed the tools of the trade that I've learned on the job over the years of writing my other books to be able to come back to this one and do it justice. So um, it's very much um, 
is very much a book which um, needed a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of um, application um, and a lot of time to get it right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I that. It's, very, it's very different. I mean, look, it's a completely new book from what it was twenty years ago, but but the idea is still the same idea, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you took the time to get the manuscript out there. And also I think sometimes letting things sit and letting them rest is exactly what they need for the exact right time for it to come out. And I think something as fun and a great comedy like this is honestly what the world needs right now. So I'm very excited for everyone to get their hands on it because it's going to be, it's a, it's a, something nice and lighthearted. But what was yeah, that? Indeed. What was that? Sorry? And, it was a perfect, and a perfect, I mean, it was a perfect book for me in lockdown. So yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right there. That it's a book for the time. So um, lockdown was not the time for me to bury myself in another heavy mm. novel. I wanted to write a comedy to take my mind off things and have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's a perfect time to come back to it yeah. and, and put yourself yes. in that space as well. So what was it? So, yeah, going from literary to a comedy, what kind of things did you find very different or what did you have to specifically learn to to change your style, I guess, a little bit? Yeah. So, look, that's a really great question. I must say at, at the start I was concerned that maybe I shouldn't because I had a certain type of writing and a certain, a certain brand and how would this fit with a brand. But at the end of the day I thought, well, I'm a writer first and foremost. So a writer should have the versatility to be able to pursue the story which they want to write. And this was a story I really wanted to write. And there are some great writers who have the range of dramatic and comedy and, and, and it really, like, so, so there's no reason not to write a comedy. Um, but the, the difficult thing for me when I was redrafting it there were two points of advice which I um, received which were invaluable for me. The first was from my agent, which was simply don't force the comedy, just let it. I mean, there's nothing worse than trying to make someone try and laugh and, yeah. and make it obvious. Yeah. Just let it happen, just let it flow and don't, don't force it. Yeah. And the other advice from my publisher was, look, it's a comedy, but it should still sit with your other books in terms of quality. And so it's not slap bash. It's had absolutely as much thought and care and tears and devotion and redrafts as anything else I've ever written, probably more so. So what I can definitely assure you is that there's nothing easy about writing an effective comedy. <laughs> nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't make it any easier. No. It doesn't make it any easier. And look, obviously, um, although it's a comedy, there's a lot bubbling away under the surface. Mm. But the trick is not to make it look like you're trying to push a particular point. Just let readers make of it what they will. Um, tell the story, what emerges from that, what, what's bubbling away under the surface, let people make up their own minds as to what, what, what's really going on. 
Absolutely. And that's what that's what's going to make it a, a really great story. Now, one thing I'm very, very interested in. So you are still a barrister, correct? Yes, I am. How do you balance such a demanding job with writing along alongside? That is um, an absolute achievement. I reckon I'm a bit silly, quite frankly. <laughs> I, um, I think I burn the candle at both ends and sometimes in the middle, which is a bad habit. Uh, look, I, I do work hard. Um, I generally write in the evening because I'm working during the day, um, although that actually has naturally suited my natural rhythm. I've, I've generally found that I'm more creative at night, um, even when I wasn't working when I was taking time off. So I find it a natural sort of counterpoint. Um, and I also find that um, I never get writer's block because I don't have time. To, I don't get time to get writer's block. So generally by the time I have time to sit down at my desk and start writing, I'm just so, so wired and there are so many ideas I just have to start writing that I'm away. I, I don't need to sort of settle into it. I'm just, I'm off. So generally I write in the evening Yeah. Um, and, and that, that served me pretty well. Yeah, it's really interesting. The more people I speak to who do have that limited amount of time and when you know that you've got a story to tell, there doesn't need to be this dramatic, oh, I need to get into this rhythm and I need to do this. It's like when you know that you've got that time, it's just letting it out and, and letting it come through you and going from there. Because I guess at the same time, you write because you love it, right? So it's absolutely. it's your time essentially. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really great. Excellent. Yeah. Now, in the future, do you, are you looking at doing more comedies? Is there more kind of stories in, in the literary world that you want to um, go down or even attempt other genres? What's, what's next for you? Uh, I haven't sort of, I think I'm probably going to turn to another serious book next. Yeah. I'd like to put another comedy down the track, but I've got another idea in mind, which I'm sort of just letting germinate away in the back of my mind. And, um, yeah, but it might take a little bit of a break before I start. That. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy putting this one out there first. It, do all of the stories come through the same way? Is it from a particular event in life or you see something that, that sparks your interest? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, just generally it's quite um, surprising how things just sort of materialize uh like my first book um that was that was a story it was called the philanthropist about a corrupt billionaire who suffers a heart attack and decides to give away all his assets um and well i'm not a corrupt billionaire I, um so i mean on the surface it has nothing to do with me but it was the first novel which i had published it was some years after i had my treatment for for cancer, so it's a very deeply personal story in some ways. Um, my second novel was um, a book about a family will dispute, and that was something where um, I just had seen clients mm. um, how terrible it is when money and mm -hmm. family intersect. And so every book has a different sort of um, Genesis, I suppose. Yeah. 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 And you always start with the character or sometimes the theme comes first? Generally the character. Yeah. But but the character in a particular 
um, situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the theme, I think it's dangerous, well, not for me to say, everyone has a different view, but for me, I would find it a bit dangerous to start with a theme because then it might become a bit didactic. I think the theme has to be something which emerges from the plot and the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I agree, I agree with that. Um, what's the best advice that someone has given you in this industry when it comes to writing? Um, well, um, I've had lots of advice, but um, and like, for instance, the advice that I mentioned from my agent, my publisher were mm-hmm. invaluable for this particular book, for this comment, comedy. I think the best advice um, that I've um picked up is to to always be reading Mm -hmm. and to read like a writer so um which is a bit of a funny old thing but it's not purely for enjoyment but you're also looking to see the scaffolding behind the book and see what makes it work and what are the points which don't make it work so having a bit more of an analytical um approach to reading although there's Obviously, there are some great writers when you read their book, you're just blown away and swept away. And that's what we all want. We want to read a book which totally immerses us so that we don't see the scaffolding behind it. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting. I I love that advice. And and it hasn't been said yet on this podcast, but I agree. There's some books that you like, right, especially if it's in a genre or something that you're really interested in, you go down and and you want to read it like a writer but you get so easily lost in the story it's sometimes I use audibles to do that actually because I'm a very auditory person to dive into how they've um, gotten a story about but that's some some really great advice so thank you now when we are kings is out on the 31st of May so it is now available at all good bookstores for everyone to grab themselves a copy of if you're just looking for once again, a great story to get yourself lost in, but also a really good feel-good and comedy novel. Now, where else can we get in contact if we want to hear more from you, John? Have you got a website or any social media? Uh, I don't actually, but my publisher, that's something which I've um, generally tried to just just write. And so my publisher, my publicist, uh, Affirm Press, have all my details. So they, they, they look after all that for me. Excellent. So you can head head over to a firm press and go you, I think. That's an amazing thing these days to just stay out of that side of things well, and just I'm do what you're best at. Maybe I'm a bit of a dinosaur. Maybe I'm a bit of a dinosaur. No, 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 no. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I see my kids spending so much time on social media. I think, oh, dear. Yeah, I don't know whether I had time for it. hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think it's honourable these days to stay out of it, to be honest. I think it's great. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. If you loved this, please share it with your friends who you also think would really enjoy and really benefit from all the inspiration that was in this episode or give us a five-star review on 
your favorite listening app on where you found us. It really helps us share with more people, more writers, more authors, and share these authors' incredible stories. So thanks, guys. And until next time, I will chat to you then.